Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Drives this one towards center field. Headed toward the wall. And this ball is gone. Off the roof of the bullpen. Anthony Alford clears the deck. His first Pirate home run. Solo blast to center. Greg Brown with the call. Hi, Eric Hagman. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Bucko Talk. We've been spending a lot of time discussing Cabrian Hayes' arrival in Pittsburgh, but he wasn't the only newcomer to make an impact. Outfielder Anthony Alford, who was acquired off waivers from Toronto, also joined the club. The former Old Miss quarterback is a tremendous athlete, but for whatever the reason, wasn't able to put it together with the Blue Jays. Now, at his first start of the outfield on Wednesday, Alford hit that impressive home run to center field, and it just so happened to come off his former Blue Jays teammate, Ryan Tapera. Felt really good. Um, just really just focused on putting together good at bat. Never really easy one against a former teammate. But I, I was just really just trying not to do too much and, and just put together good at bat. But it felt really good. Now, Alford, who is 26, batted just 155 in 46 games over parts of four seasons with Toronto. During that time, he struck out 30 times in 80 at bats. Derek Shelton was with the Blue Jays as a coach back in 2017 when Alford arrived at the majors. He has made it known all week long. He is intrigued with Alford's power as well as his athleticism. So you have to figure he is going to get a long look the rest of the season. Alford can play all three outfield positions, though left field, by his own admittance, could be a challenge. Of course, it challenges anybody who gets his first look at left field in PNC Park. A reminder that you can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Now, if you're a regular here on Bucko Talk, you know that Craig Riley does a feature, what we learned about Derek Shelton during the week. Now, I could say that we learned that Shelton is a big Anthony Alford fan, but that wasn't my biggest takeaway. Listen to his answer to Craig's question regarding Cabrian Hayes on a pregame Zoom call. Craig, if he's going to be out there, he's going to play. You know, we didn't call him up for him not to play. Producer Matt, can you hit that again, please? Craig, if he's going to be out there, he's going to play. You know, we didn't call him up for him not to play. There you have it. Derek Shelton, Sheldy as he prefers, referred to Craig by his nickname of Craigers. That is just fantastic stuff if you ask me. All right, the Pirates and the Reds are going to continue their series a bit later today. 705 Trevor Williams, whose name popped up in some trade rumors leading up to the Monday deadline, will get the start. Williams, one in five. It's been a pretty disappointing last couple of starts for Williams as he got roughed up 11 runs over the course of 10 innings. Anthony DiSclefani, who has just been horrible his last couple of starts, the Pirates beat up on him in Cincinnati in mid-August. 
He will start for the Reds, 7.05 first pitch, 5.40, our pregame coverage, the J.P. Roofing preview show. Mentioned in the first hour about Mitch Keller and Jamison Tyone both throwing sim games on Friday. Certainly that was uh, a good sign for the Pirates to see both of those pitchers on the mound. They would like to see Keller get back in game action. He has been out now several weeks with that strained right side. He looked pretty good in what we saw the video of him throwing yesterday. So they need to get a little bit more of a read on Keller, I think, going forward. Tyone, they're pretty much going to shut him down now and then let him go into what would be a normal off-season program uh, with the hopes, the anticipation that he will be able to come back and anchor their rotation in 2021. Right-hander Quinn Priester, the Pirates' 2019 first-round pick, as ranked and ranked as the organization's fourth best prospect, has joined the alternate training site at Altoona. He did not begin the season at that site. Now Priester joins this year's number one draft pick, infielder Nick Gonzalez, along with 2018 first rounder, outfielder Travis Swaggerty in Altoona. So at least the Pirates are going to be in a position to take a look at those young pitchers. Mentioned earlier that JT Brubaker. Uh, was impressive the other night. Again, Brubaker won for the first time in the majors. He missed most of last season with an arm injury after he was the Pirates' minor league pitcher of the year in 2018. He has been a very pleasant surprise. So I think it's going to be worth following to see where Brubaker lands with this team. He, He would appear to be the type of guy that you could put at the back end of the rotation, perhaps if the, some of their starting pitchers come back healthy next season, maybe work him in long relief out of the bullpen. But he, he certainly uh, has not disappointed. He shows a lot of poise on the mound. Now, the one thing that maybe is working against Brubaker in a sense is that he's not considered a hot, young prospect. He is going to be 27 in November, but he, he has shown that he can pitch, and he's shown that he's healthy also after that injury last year, which cost him any chance of of making the Pirates roster. Brubaker said that until Richard Rodriguez recorded the final out in the ninth inning the other night, he didn't even realize it was his first Major League win. But this is the one thing that this season, which has been so disappointing on so many fronts, is that you've had players such as Brubaker show that they can take that next step. And it's going to be a learning experience for these guys. You know, forget about the record. I mean, the Pirates' record is what it is. They're 12 and 25. They're going nowhere. Uh, there's going to be changes, as I said, in the offseason personnel-wise. But you want to use, if not this whole 60-game season, at least now the next three weeks, the final three weeks of it, to evaluate players that you really didn't know if they were ready for the major leagues. And Brubaker certainly falls into that category. So he has definitely been a plus in what has been a season with a lot of minuses. I think another plus pitching-wise has been Chad Cool, Guy coming back from Tommy John surgery, you never know. But Cool has, uh, he's displayed, uh, you know, some very strong innings on the mound. Uh, he, the strikeout ball was there in a couple of his games. It wasn't there in another, but he were, was able to work out of some jams. And I, I think Chad Cool is an intriguing uh, pitcher going forward for the Pirates as well. There was some projection that maybe he would be best served working out of the back end of the bullpen, maybe turn him into a setup man or a closer because of that power arm that he has. It looks at least for the time being that the Pirates 
uh, like Cool in the rotation, and he has not disappointed. In fact, his name came up in the uh, pre-deadline trade rumors, and uh, obviously, by the fact that he is still a pirate, if there was interest in Cool, it certainly uh, wasn't to the point that the pirates were comfortable trading him for what would have been the return. And I think they're better served holding on to him and seeing what they can get from him. But again, he has been a plus along with Brubaker. Trevor Williams has been a disappointment out of the rotation. Derek Holland, as, as Craig Riley likes to say, he either strikes out a guy or he gives up a home run. Holland really got touched up again the other night. Uh, he, he's a personable guy. He's the type of guy you like. But I, I think, you know, the Pirates, when they signed him, probably figure we're going to sign him. Hopefully uh, we'll, we'll catch lightning in a bottle and then that we can move him at the deadline. They were unable to do so. Uh, his, his pitching just wasn't strong enough, I'm sure, that, that would have netted them anything if there was even an offer on the table for them. Of course, they ran into the misfortune with Keone Kella because of the arm injury, and uh, that just killed any trade value that uh, Kella might have had. And it looks like Kella and Holland will both leave as free agents at the end of the season. Of course, it depends on what teams think of them. But pitchers in what is a pitching star of major leagues always seem to get a second chance with somebody. As far as some of the other pitchers, Kyle Crick is back with the club. He missed extended time. I, I think it, you know the book is still not written on Kyle Crick. What do the Pirates have? There were times of last year that Crick was just... Uh, dynamite coming out of the bullpen, and I don't think they really know what they have with him at this time. So I, I, the final three weeks of the season, I think, are very important for him as well. A lot of question marks regarding this pitching staff going forward. As far as the hitters go, I, I think it's 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 just tough to watch guys like Brian Reynolds and Josh Bell look like they are ready to break out of the slumps that they have been in String together a couple of good at-bats, maybe two or three games where they're swinging well, and then have it all come crashing down again. You had Reynolds really on the uptick. Uh, that Milwaukee series, he was, he was doing well. Then he went into a 1-for-21 slump before he uh, took the break uh, for the birth of his son, then came back and had a, a nice game the other night with a couple of hits. But Reynolds, by his own admission, said that his wife's pregnancy was playing on his mind a little bit, but he just hasn't looked like quite the same guy yet. And, you know, Derek Shelton has made it a point time and time again to say that Brian Reynolds has pedigree. He hit in Little League. He hit in American Legion ball in high school. He hit in college. He hit in the minors. He hit last year as a rookie. He is going to hit. And you love Reynolds' swing from both sides of the plate, but the hits just haven't been falling in consistently for him. He obviously would like to see Reynolds get the bat going You'd like to see Adam Frazier, if for no other reason than to just increase his marketability in the offseason. I mean, he's, he's a versatile player. He's the type of player that can, can be a valuable player on a good team when he's hitting in that 270 to 285, 290 range. But he just hasn't been able to string that together as well. Colin Moran has been you know, swinging a decent bat for the most part this season, had the power early on. That's kind of disappeared, but I think we kind of know what we have in Colin Moran. He He's not going to be much more than what we have seen from him, and he's a serviceable player, but probably not an everyday player on what you would consider to be a, a very good team. So again, these final three weeks of the season, 
Remains to be seen what we're going to see, but uh, there's certainly room for improvement on a lot of fronts. You are listening to Bucko Talk on 93.7 The Fan. Here's the pitch. And a drive to right field, and Brian Reynolds anchored down a bomb to right field, a three-run shot, his third. And the new Papa is two for two, and he just gave the Pirates the lead with that rerun shot over the Clemente wall. It's 4-2 Pittsburgh. Greg Brown with the call of the Brian Reynolds home run in his first game back after the birth of his son. If you'd like to join the conversation here on Bucko Talk, you can call us on the fan hotline, 412-928-9370. Fan hotline brought to you by the Workman's Compensation Law Firm of Hall and Capitas. Now, as mentioned earlier, Reynolds has struggled much of this season. He took several days off uh, with the birth of his son, then came back and had a, a big game as the Pirates were able to beat the Cubs in the finale of that series. Here's what Reynolds had to say afterward. Brian, are we talking it up to uh, dad's strength, or, or, or was it just, uh, you know, felt good out there today? Uh, I mean, I felt good out there, but... Uh... You know, the homer, you got to attribute it to uh, dad's strength for sure. Brian, can you talk about the stress that comes with playing a season with your wife pregnant with your first child and you being away? that kind of weigh on you earlier this year? Um, I mean, yeah, it was definitely something, to, something that was always there. It was stressful. Uh, it's definitely nice that he's here with us now. And, you know, we got the we got all that over with, so now – you know, we're just hanging out with him. Brian, just sort of curious, uh, congratulations, first of all. Second of all, um, what are the last, what are the first few days like of fatherhood? I mean, for me and for the other guys on here, I mean, it's for us, it's like, you know, chaotic and sleep deprived and like a whole new culture shock thing. What's it, what was it like for you guys? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, <clears throat> it was all that. Um, so I got in from Milwaukee at like 2 p.m. I went to the hospital, and then uh, my wife had him at 3 a.m. So we were hanging out in the, in the hospital for quite a while. But uh, I mean, she crushed it, and she was she was walking around an hour after. And uh, yeah, I think that night we might have gotten an hour of sleep, if that. And uh, first night at home was he didn't really want to sleep at all. Oh, that last night was good, so we're making progress. Brian, does the rocking the baby to sleep uh, celebration have a shelf life of a certain amount of time, or now that it seems to be working, can you ride this out for the rest of the year at least? Is this like the Zoltan for the rest of the, year for the Pirates here? Um, uh, TBD. We'll see. See. Uh, let it be organic. See what happens. How'd you come up with that, Brian, or who came up with it if it wasn't you? Um, I don't remember who said that to me first, but there were there were a few guys that came up to me and told me I should probably do that. And I was like, that's a, that's a good idea. And then uh, somebody said I did it on the double, but I don't. Did I? Well, okay, yeah. I said, screw it, I'm going to do it. So I did it. 
And Brian, looking back, uh, based on how things were going before you left, do you think the three-day break might have been good to just unplug from baseball a little bit for you? Uh, I don't know. Um, it was just good to go meet my son. And was the name a family name or anything significant to you guys, Reese? Uh, Scott's my dad's middle name. Uh, Reese doesn't have any family ties. Um, but after we told my family the name, my mom got us some Reese's pieces. So didn't name them after Reese's pieces, but we do enjoy them. <clears throat> anything else? Hey, I mean, I eat them. So I'll leave it there. You know, Brian Reynolds is a very stoic character on the field. Uh, as Derek Schelp likes to say, he has a slow heartbeat. But I'll tell you, this guy's got a, a subtle sense of humor about him. Wasn't that a great answer to it was just great to meet my son when asked about getting some time off? If you have a chance, go on YouTube and uh, look up uh, a show that Reynolds did when he was at Vanderbilt. Uh, with some of his former players. He, he, he's got a pretty good sense of humor, and it, and it gives you some insight into his personality. Now, in that very same game, J.T. Brubaker picked up his first major league win, and afterward, this is what he had to say. J.T., how does it feel to get your first major league win? Uh, it feels good. Um, kind of get the, the monkey off the back. Um, Get out there and just be able to go five, team in the position to win the ball game. Really, was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, and then once the game was over, it, it hit me that I got my first win. JT, when you think back to the guy you were in spring training 1.0 uh, versus now, how have you developed, evolved, anything like that? Uh, just. Attacking the zone, attacking hitters more. Um, not trying to be too fine. It's just I feel like for me, it's a consistent development aspect of don't get too too fine with pitches. Just middle down. Just let myself play. Really, is just the thing that I need to keep reminding myself of. Jason, obvious of his um, home run and double helping you out. Uh, how happy was everybody, yourself included, for Reynolds having that day today after the baby being born and all? Oh, that was awesome. Um, dad's strength is a real thing, I guess. So um, it's pretty awesome to see him hit a home run. Uh, first game back, right? Yeah, and his first game back, double home run. Uh, it was it was fun to watch. Just be able to him. He just looked confident, in my opinion. Uh, my confidence is there. It, I feel like it's always been there. It's, uh, it's just making sure, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. Uh, I, I don't get, I don't get too big. Like I said, just, when I get too big, I get too fine. I miss the zone. Um, today I felt like I was in the zone quite a bit. Uh, and that's really just where I need to be that, that even keel of, I'm confident, let my stuff play, and, and keep it in the zone, or around the zone, at least middle down. Guilty, 
you had a couple runners in scoring position, Baez and Schwarber coming up and were able to strike them out. Can you kind of just walk us through your thought process there? Can you repeat that? Your thought process in the situation with uh, runners in scoring position and Baez and Schwarber up in the third, where you got the two strikes. Oh, in the third. Uh, um, it, really, it was just attack mode. Um, it, was, it was a limit damage mode. I'm pretty sure what there was second and third, no outs, right? It was, it was limit the damage, just keep the ball on the ground. Not too many runs can score when the ball's on the ground, even if it gets to the infield. So I was just attack mode and, and going right at him with my stuff and saying, here it is, hit it. Don't you brought up the uh, mountain visits that you got from Oscar and from Murphy. What were those like and how much did it help you, whatever their message was? Um, it, it was just more of... Changing the face of the game without me having to change it on the mound, uh, without me having to take extra time. It was just breaking up the tempo that they had going. A couple couple hits here and there, a um, couple ground balls, C&I. Third, third was this up the middle, right? I'm pretty sure. So it was just breaking up the, breaking up their momentum, um, and it was it was helpful. With this team, with the Cubs team, when one guy hits, the next guy hits. It's next man up with them, and, and they're really good at that. So I feel like Oscar, when he came out and made those mound visits, was a really good uh, momentum stopper for him. Honestly, words can't really describe what, what he does. He's he's above and beyond anything. Um, he, he's a real role model off the field. Um, he, he goes about his business. Um, he, he handles... Adversity. I mean, I haven't seen him too much with how Corona is off the field, but I'm sure in a normal season, Josh Bell's getting swarmed by anybody and everybody when he's just out. And just from this little bit here, he, he handles it well. He goes above and beyond. He's a fan favorite. He's nice to everybody. I mean, he's just overall a great human being and a great teammate. So for him to be nominated for that is is awesome. J.T. Brubaker, after picking up his first major league victory. You know, Clint Hurdle used to say that when he went out grocery shopping, everyone would stop him and tell him they could manage better than he could and how stupid he was and things like that. So the question for Derek Shelton this week is, does he get similar treatment at the grocery store? No one has screamed at me. There's people that probably want to scream at me and give me ideas, but, uh, you know, we're in a COVID world, Mac. i got to wear a mask everywhere. So, I mean, I understand, you know, I understand and, and appreciate people's frustration and passion that our record should be better, and, and, you know, we need to be better, but we have to stay positive. We have to continue. We have to continue building. We have to continue uh, teaching. So, you know, but the, the frustration, I understand. I get that that comes with it. The Pirates' record is 12-25 and 25, heading into tonight's game against the Reds. I'll be back to wrap up this edition of Bucko Talk. I'm Eric Hagman on 93.7 The Fan. Here's the 2-1 pitch. And a swing and a fly ball softly hit. Back of third base. Hayes, Newman. It'll be Hayes. He'll make the catch. The ball game is over. Rodriguez works a 1-2-3 seventh to earn the save. And the Pirates earn a split against Cincinnati and a well-played game here tonight. Joe Block here on the fan as the Pirates were able to 
Salvage game two of their doubleheader with the Reds, a 4-3 win after they dropped the opener 4-2. Still something different about that seven-inning win. But I guess maybe we're getting more and more accustomed to those doubleheader seven-inning games as we go on. And maybe it was fitting that it was Key Brian Hayes who made the final out in the field as he had another good game for the Bucks. A couple of hits figured very prominently in this win, as did outfielder Anthony Alford. Alford had a triple, knocked in a couple of runs, also scored a run when he scampered home from third on a wild pitch that really wasn't all that wild. It just bounced a few feet away from catcher Tucker Barnhart, but Alford flashed his speed and came sliding into the plate to score. That put the Pirates up at the time, 3-2. After the game, Alford had this to say. Anthony, I'm just sort of curious, what was your thought process there on the wild pitch? You didn't really get it that far away from uh, Barnhart. Um, I mean, he was telling me pretty much just that, I mean, it was two strikes. We knew he was going to try to, like, put him away, you know, um, throw something nasty, maybe in the dirt. And um, <clears throat> or he was just telling me to, you know, get enough that if if it if he spiked and it bounced away from, from him, I can score pretty easy. Um, and that's what I did, you know. I mean, obviously he has – I would have some some nasty stuff and um, <clears throat> figured he was going to probably, like, try to, you know, throw something to dirt, make him chase, um, especially with first base open. So just had to be ready to score if the ball got away from the catcher. Anthony, Shelty was talking about uh, trying to free you up a little bit, free up your hands and allow you to be more athletic in the plate. From your perspective, what has that enabled you to do? What does that change look like for you? Um, I really, I think it really just um, allowed me to stop thinking about being mechanical, you know, and just because when you think about being mechanical, I'm, for me, I can talk for myself. It just takes away from my athleticism. Um, I went through different changes throughout my my league career, um, but <clears throat> I think that's the biggest thing that we've been working on is just me being who I am, you know. Um, pretty much getting back to where I was in 2017. And at that time, I was just very athletic, very free. Um, it didn't matter how I looked. Um, I just got the job done, you know. So um, just really about being, because that's who I am, you know. I'm just, I'm very athletic. And when <clears throat> you try to put a player in a, in a box, you know, um, it just kind of, I mean, <clears throat> had a tendency not to be free um, as a player. So. Anthony Shelter was talking about uh, the energy that guys like you and Keith Bryan bring um, with, like, young and speed and athleticism. Like, is that something you pride yourself on, on kind of being the guy who, who can stretch a double into a triple or or take home on a wild pitch or things like that? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I think part of that is just I'm, you know, um, blessed with speed, you know. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I got a lot of speed from my mom, so that's just – that's a gift from God. It's like you can't really teach that, and I just try to use that to my advantage, you know. Because um, obviously, like if 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 my bat's not there, um, I can use my speed, defense um, on the base path. If I come in a pinch run in that, in that type of situation, or um, beat out a, a ground ball or whatever it might be, um, I, I have to use that to my advantage. Anthony. Um you batted behind uh, Key Brian Hayes. He, he's been running the base as well. You've been running the base as well. You both have scored 
from third base like that. How much do you feel like you guys can add with your aggressive base running and your speed to make this offense uh, a little more dynamic? Um, I, I mean, I think that's – I honestly think that's um, big, you know. Um, I mean, not every team has that, you know. Um, and especially, like, I, I come from a team in, I mean, AL East, and it's, they're not, it's, it's more about slugging and hitting homers over there. So um, it's, it's nice to be in a league like this where um, people value um, guys like who has – you know athleticism has become the new buzzword with the pirates with the arrival of Alford and Kebrian Hayes and uh, that word and energy they they came up quite a bit in Derek Shelton's post-game news conference Shelton I think we all knew about Kebrian's defense and we knew there, there was some potential with the bat just but what have you made of the speed that he's shown already I mean the triple and then the way he went first to home on the, the Alford hit yeah, I think, you know, that, that's actually something I brought up to Donnie during the game. I, I didn't realize he ran that well. Uh, a couple things stood out. His, his primary leads, his secondary leads, but the way he's moving, you know, uh, it's outstanding. I mean, he's running like a middle infielder. Anthony Alford didn't need that uh, wild pitch to really be that wild to score that run either. No, I don't think you're – I mean, I think we've talked about when we when we uh, acquired Anthony about how athletic he is, but you don't see many guys start, stop, and then decide, I'm going, and, and be able to turn it on that fast and, and get to the plate. And I think that just shows to how athletic he is. And uh, it was an unbelievably athletic move. He made a really good read, you know, uh, good, good at bat, hit the ball in a gap. So uh, it, it was really nice to see. Shelsea, could you maybe describe or talk about what you and Ben saw in Alfred? I mean, the athleticism and the strength, I get that. But, like, what specifically with his swing do you feel like you guys were able to bring out and have brought out so far? Well, I think uh, we knew there was bat speed there, and we knew he was athletic. And, uh, you know, I, we both had a little bit of uh, a little bit of history with him. You know, Ben a little bit more than I did. I was there in 17. But I think we, what we saw is if we had the ability to free him up, free his hands up. And I know Rick and I talked and, and Ben and Rick talked and I think Rick's done a really good job studying him since we got him, you know, acquired him just to try to let him be free, let him be athletic. And at times before he had gotten stiff, uh, in his movements and with a kid that's this athletic, there's going to be some swing and miss, but we've, we've got to let the athleticism from, you know, shoulders down work, and, and I think Rick's done a nice job in the short term getting him to just take free swings. Sheldon, when you get two young guys like this in the lineup that are athletic like this, that can bring a lot of energy, do you see that that can sometimes, like, infect other guys in the lineup and bring up the entire energy? Yeah, I think when you have guys that play like that and are extremely athletic, it definitely brings your energy up. So, uh, you know, it, it's nice. Both guys have given us a little bit of boost in, uh, you know, really big plays. Out of both of them, I mean, you know, those two guys changed the course of the game tonight offensively. When you have that type of athleticism that, that in, you know, into your lineup, you've talked about wanting to be aggressive. Can, can this change the way you guys run the bases and the way you guys approach the game plan in terms of stealing bases or, or doing hit and runs and things like that? Yeah, I think it, it gives us the opportunity to have a little bit more movement, whether we're, we're straight stealing or if we're going to put guys in motion and, and hit and run and, and do those things. So, what were your thoughts on Cody's start tonight? Uh, looked like another solid outing for him. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I mean, you know, he, I mean, 
he left a changeup up to Moustakis and uh, it got hit out on 2-0 pitch. And uh, the thing that really showed me signs of maturity and things of going forward was he came back and threw two really good ones right after that to, to Goodwin. And, you know, most young kids would get scared away from throwing it after he gives up a two-run or a solo homer to tie the game back up. Next hitter, he went right back to it, executed the pitch. I thought that was I thought it was really good by, by Cody to do it, and I thought Murph did a nice job of going right back to it to, to get him to throw it. Shelty, that aggressiveness, do you really need that? On the base pass, when you're facing a guy like Bauer, I mean, because you're not going to get a ton of opportunities. You're not going to. And we, I mean, we had some good at bats. Frazier had some really good at bats. You know, worked the walk. Uh, we did a night. He did a nice job on the hit and run. You know, I, I think you have to do things to get things in motion because you're not going to sit there and get you know ten hits off this guy. This guy's one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, he's able to execute multiple pitches. Uh, he probably controls his body as well as anybody in the game in terms of his movements and what he's going to do and, and holding runners and executing pitches. So we, we felt like we had to make some things happen, and a credit to our guys. You know, and the most important part of the win tonight was we did it. We got guys in motion. We got guys on base, and, and we created we created our runs. Pirates manager Derek Shelton. Follow us on Twitter at 937thefan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. Also in some off-the-field news this week, some cool stuff. The Pirates announced that next Wednesday, Roberto Clemente Day across Major League Baseball will feature everyone in uniform for the Pirates wearing the number 21. In the days following that game, all the jerseys will be up for auction online. The proceeds to benefit the Clemente Foundation and Pirates Charities. Also announced that Josh Bell is the Pirates nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award. The Clemente Award acknowledges the player that best represents the sport through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, and positive contributions on and off the field. Andrew McCutcheon, the last Pirate to win the Clemente Award in 2015. We've got Bucko Baseball this afternoon, or I should say this evening. This evening, the Pirates and Reds play at 7.05. Trevor Williams to oppose Anthony DiScalfani, who the Pirates pounded for nine runs in two innings back on August 13th. In his last start against the Marlins last Monday, DiScalfani gave up seven runs in two innings. He's got a 7.71 ERA for the season. Williams 1-5 with a 5.50 earned run average over his last two starts. He gave up 11 earned runs in 10 innings. Craig Riley will be along with the J.P. Roofing Preview Show at 540. Fan weather is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet in McMurray. The sun is shining on budget-friendly deals with 32 new and used vehicles under 19996 Beautiful day today. Doesn't get much better. Sunshine, a high of 78. More of the same tomorrow, a high of 80. Thanks to my producer, Matt Harkins. Bob Pompiani is up next. You've been listening to Bucko Talk on 93.7 The Fan.